Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Fresh in here, and so we came down to the wire. But go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 6. Stay standing for the reading of God's word, then I'm going to seat you. We started a series two weeks ago called, three weeks ago, I'm sorry, called All In Experience Everything That God Has for You. Um, obviously, we have not been meeting for the last couple of weeks, so you can catch those messages online. But as is my custom, I build week after week in a message series. And so this is installment three. If this hits or if this slaps like the young kids say go listen to one and two i'm building i'm building here okay so exodus chapter if it's busting no i'm kidding i better stop all right exodus chapter six verses six through seven let's welcome in the holy spirit one more time sorry i got in my flesh just kidding therefore say to the israelites i am the lord and i will bring you out from under the yoke of the egyptians that's the first i will he goes on to say and i will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with and with mighty acts of judgment and here's the fourth I will and I will take you as my own people and I will be your God then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians for the next few moments I want to talk to you on this thought the Lord deposited in my heart simply called come back home come back home Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful for your presence that is here. We are thankful for all that you have done to bring us here. We're not done, but we are celebrating this milestone, Father. We know that there is more to come, but we will pause and celebrate and worship you for all the incredible things that you have done in Lighthouse Church. Now, Father, as we turn to the word, would you open up our hearts? Your word is anointed. Your word is powerful. Your word will accomplish whatever you set it out to do. But God, I pray that our hearts are receptive. So I pray, Lord, that you soften our hearts and that you open our ears so that we receive everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Come back home. I want to start with giving you guys a little bit of story time here. Just some story time here. That's how I want to start. And I want to describe to you all my childhood. I, I, I was very fortunate I was blessed with incredible parents who also happened to be here. Can we get it for my mom and dad who are in the room right now? My father's name is James and my mom's name is Lois. And they really did give us the most incredible childhood. But what I think was one part of that incredible childhood was the neighborhood that we lived on. You see, we lived in this cul-de-sac called Eagle Pea Court. It's in the other vista, Chula Vista, South Bay. Anyway, um, so... Down in the city of Chula Vista, there was a cul-de-sac called Eagle Peak Court, and, and that's where we lived, and we lived for uh, 27 years, something like that, the, uh, something like, I think, something right there, 29, okay, so that's where we were, and um, what really stands out to me about the neighborhood that we grew up on is not necessarily the amenities, and the amenities were cool, like we had a pool that is bigger than the normal HOA type pools, we had a jacuzzi that, I don't even think they build jacuzzis like this, and it was huge, and so it was a big jacuzzi, and that was a lot of fun, and then there was also this basketball court in this small cul-de-sac, and, and you know, 
us Hispanics, we ain't very good at basketball, so we played roller hockey. I'm just keeping it real, okay? I mean, I'm vertically challenged. I did not play basketball. I was like, I will turn it into a roller hockey court, and we did. And so my brother, Jacob, who is here, we would have the most intense roller hockey games on that basketball court, and we would challenge all the kids in the neighborhood um, streets. Come, we, we dare you. Come on down here. We double dog dare you. We will take you out in roller hockey. There was this park area where it was sloped grass and although we never should have done it we played the most epic football games and I'm talking about tackle football you remember when we just tackle just to tackle I know you can't tackle anymore but we we tackle tackled you know and and um, that was a highlight there were trees that we would climb and jump out of and as a matter of fact I remember one time my brother jumped out of a tree and broke his ankle and so that was just like my childhood and 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 it was so amazing and, and those are just the amenities but what made it most amazing was this this cul-de-sac was packed with boys. I mean, there were just boys, little boys everywhere. I, I, there were some girls, but they just, there's just boys everywhere. I want you to think of either the Sandlot or the Little Rascals. That was my childhood. We just rolled like that. And what was amazing about it, and it's not like this anymore in 2023 and for good reasons, but we were latchkey kids. So, so you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we walked to school. None of this mom dropped us off. We walked. And we walked a good distance, too. But there was safety because we were a unit. We were like a little pack of lions. And, and, and I, was, I started walking to school at third grade. I know some of y'all still drop off your seniors. I was in third grade walking to school, okay? No, no shame, no shame. You do you, okay? But I was walking to school at the third grade. And, but, but what made it possible was we were... A unit. We were a team, all these little boys, and we had each other's back. And when it was time to walk from school back home, nobody left without making sure everyone was accounted for. And then we'd walk home. And let me tell you, nobody thought to mess around with us. I mean, we were bad. We were bad. I mean, nobody thought to mess around with us. And, and we'd come home, and I think there was like one stay-at-home mom, and she just held down the block. But we would just get home, drop off our backpacks, and we didn't go play Fortnite. We didn't do No, we went outside. Remember when we kids used to go outside? We went outside. No, I'm not capping. I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing, okay? Just sharing. Drop off our backpacks, and we'd go outside, and we'd play until our parents got home. That's my childhood. And... Uh, the only thing that could break that up was junior high and girls, you know, because eventually you start getting curious. You know what I'm saying? Like the only thing that could break that up was unfortunately junior high and girls. But every now and then I'll run into a friend. Every now and then I'll run into someone who was part of that cul-de-sac. And, 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 and whenever I run into them, it's like the memories come to the tips of our souls. We can smell the grass once again. We can smell the roller hockey games and the sweat of testosterone-filled little boys and this was my childhood. And more than childhood, this was my home. Can you all say home? Why did I tell you all of that? Because I believe in the same way that I was afforded an incredible opportunity at home, this was the type of home, this was the type of feeling, this was the type of um, experience that God wanted for Israel. This is what he wanted for his people. When we get to the text in Exodus, Israel are, they, they are a nation that has become slaves in Egypt, and, and, and they are the labor force of Egypt. And, and there are four promises. They are the four I wills, and God said, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. I'm going to free you. I'm going to redeem you, and then, and then I'm going to make you a people. These are called the four I wills. I don't know if you know this. The four I wills are still celebrated by Orthodox Jews at Passover every single year. 
they'll get four wine glasses and they will drink from the four cups. The first one is the cup of deliverance. The second one is the cup of sanctification. The third one is the cup of redemption. And then they drink from the fourth glass and it's called the cup of joy. Why is it called the cup of joy? Because it's the fourth glass, everybody. It's getting real. <laughs> it's getting real. That's how they get to the cup of joy. You know, joy, let's go. Anyway, uh, so what they'll do today, even today, and actually, if you read your Bible, you'll read that Jesus did this on the Passover. Every night at Passover, they start to recite this verse, and I will bring you out. Go drink a glass. Okay. It goes, and then he goes, I will redeem you. Go drink a glass. And they do this to celebrate the moment. Now, what we've been learning in our series so far is these four I wills, although they started with Israel, then you start to see it all throughout the Bible, meaning it wasn't just for Israel. It's for all humanity. These are the promises of God. Again, it began with, it began with Israel, but these are the four promises uh, uh, that, that God has towards all of humanity. So what we have done is we have taken these four promises, given it some, some new language and some, some new handles and even our mission statement as a church. But this is the heartbeat of God. Number one, he wants for the lost to be saved. That's what it means. I'm going to bring you out. Then he says, I want for the saved to be pastored. And this says, I am going to free you. He wants for the pastored to be trained. I'm going to redeem you. And then he wants for the trained to be mobilized. I'm going to make you a people. This is the very heartbeat of God. For the lost to be saved, for the saved to be pastored, for the pastor to be trained, and for the trained to be mobilized. We've talked about one and two over the last couple of weeks. But the third one, we've given it language that we say is we want for you all, for the pastor to be trained, said differently is we want for you to discover your purpose. When, 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 when you have been saved... Now what we want for you to do is to discover your purpose. Can you all say purpose? Because I don't know if you know this, but we are not cosmic accidents that happen to be here because a couple of rocks in space collided. I know some people subscribe to that, but I don't subscribe to that. I believe that you and I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. I believe that we have a creator. I don't believe we came out of a pond. I don't believe that we're the result of tadpoles. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And beyond that, we have been made on purpose for a purpose. I don't care how you got here. You are here and you are here on purpose. I can tell you for a fact that I was not my parents' intention. They don't like it when I tell this story. But me and my older brother, we are almost Mexican twins. Almost. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say Mexican twins? Two kids born within the same 12 months of each other. So anyway, that's 15 months. You'll get that later. But, but, but my, my parents tell the story of when my mom, my dad went to pick up my mom and she was at her, her parents' house. She comes to the car crying. And my dad's like, what are you crying about? Did you get in a fight with your mom? She goes, no, I'm pregnant. That's how I came into the world. I was loved from the womb. No, I wasn't. <laughs> but listen, here's what I know. And, and, and I say that in jest. No matter what your background is, because you might be thinking, if I am made on purpose, then I don't like it. God knows you. God sees you. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And I wasn't easy as a kid either. For the first six months, I had colic. I never stopped crying. As a matter of fact, I was so bad that my grandma had to move in and help. They didn't realize that all that crying was because God made me to be a preacher. Hey, come on. I needed to get my lungs ready for what God's calling my life. Anyway, we got to go on. Uh, let's talk about home. Is that okay, everybody? So, so where do we discover our purpose? Everybody say at home. 
And, and, and today when I talk about home, I'm actually talking about the church, but you're going to find parallels about your own home and your family. So I want you to take every bit of application, let the Holy Spirit uh, speak to you and use it. But I want you to understand that the church is God's idea. Don't let this world try and tell you that church is this man-made thing that is all about money. They've never opened up their Bible, and they obviously don't have a relationship with Jesus. Because if they did have a relationship with Jesus, they would realize that it's been his idea from the very beginning. Because he said, upon this rock, I'll build my, okay, not a social club, not a justice movement. He said, I will build my and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Church has always been his design. And it's not just his design, but it's his plan A and there is no plan B. I don't know if you know that. That is his plan A and there is no one else coming after you all. You are God's plan. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're God's plan. There's nobody coming after you. And so when, when we get to this passage of scripture, again, and, and I said just a minute ago, um, we're not quite done with our renovations. How many of you ever had to renovate your house? Like, like, have you ever had to do that before? That, that's hard, isn't it? I, I remember in 2020, we, we had a flood in our house, and then we decided, heck, it's COVID. We can't go anywhere. Let's remodel the kitchen. You know, we, we did. Did anyone else do that, or was that just us? Yeah, a lot of people did, right? So, so there we go, renovating. And as you all know, when you're renovating your home, but you don't feel like your home, because, like, you can't even go in and make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because the kitchens are locked down. And it's just like, it's hard to be under renovation. And can I tell you that for a lot, even to this day, it kind of feels like that here at Lighthouse. It's like, we're home, but we're not home home. Like, we're, we're home, but, but don't go over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't go over there, okay? I'm not joking. I'm being serious. Don't go into the so We're under this, this, this place of, of renovation, and, and, and yet... It's been beautiful because God has been speaking to me through this process. And, and sometimes you don't come home because home doesn't feel like home. So can I paint you a picture of what home should feel like? And I'm talking about the church. Can I paint to you a picture of what God's design for home is? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Your identity is supposed to be found in your home. Identity is found in your home home. God desires for you to find your identity here. And I love in the Old Testament, you'll see all throughout the Old Testament that the Jewish culture is an oral culture, meaning they speak their history over their children. They, they speak God's word over them. They tell them stories, and that's done orally, very similar to Native American. So the traditions are held orally. So mom and dad are constantly speaking to their children. But I want you to hear me, Lighthouse Church. As they are speaking to them, they are giving them their identity through helping them see their history. I don't know if you know this, but your history helps you shape your identity. History is going to point you to your identity. This is why we can't just act like bad things that happened in the past never happened. We need to know that they happened so we make sure they never happen again, but we can't act like it didn't happen. It happened. That's the identity piece. And so history is not for reflection, but it's for identification. This is why all throughout the Old Testament in Israel, they, they, if they would go somewhere and God did a miracle, let's say they, they, God parted the Jordan River. And then he says, when you get to the other side, I want you to get some rocks and create a memorial. Why? So the next time you walk by here, 
And when your son says, Dad, what do those rocks mean? You tell them the story. There was a time when the waters were high and the Jordan River was overflowing, but the priests grabbed the Ark of the Covenant, and as they stepped into the water, God parted the Jordan, and we were able to walk on dry ground. You see, your history is your identity. And Can I just, in that same vein, Lighthouse Church, give you your history? In the fall of 2018, we held an interest meeting in a coffee shop. Why? Because Pastor Josh is your pastor. And you know I love coffee. And if we were going to start a church anywhere, it was going to start in a coffee shop. And so 102 people met in a coffee shop. And we dreamed about what it would look like to plant a life-giving church in North County, joining other life-giving churches and advancing the kingdom of God. We met in the fall, and 102 people met us that day. As a matter of fact, I want to pause for the cause, and I just want to honor some of our founding members. Can we clap our hands for those that were there from the very beginning? Why? I honor you. You are the overwhelming minority now. Y'all know that, right? Like, there's just so much more than than what started. But I honor you because many of you had a church that had a building. Kids programs, built out sanctuaries, built out campuses, and and somehow you were like, let's go start over, you know? Let's go meet in a high school where we have to set up and break down every single day. And if you've never been in a portable environment, it's tough out there in those streets. But I honor them. And, And so 102 people gathered in a coffee shop. But then on March 24th, Lighthouse Church officially opened on the campus of Mission Hills High School in San Marcos. Come on, how many of you there were day one? How many remember that service? And over the next 50 weeks, we saw so many people meet Jesus and make a lifelong commitment to following Jesus. But beyond people encountering Jesus for the first time, what we saw was so many people renew their faith. Meaning people that had given up on the church, but they had not yet given up on God. And they said, I'll never go back to a church, but I love God. Something changed when they walked through the doors of Lighthouse Church. All of a sudden, instead of feeling judgment, they felt love. All of a sudden, instead of feeling condemnation, nation they felt acceptance and you ought to give yourselves a round of applause for that lighthouse church because it was you who made them feel welcome and while we were in the middle of planning our one-year birthday party a virus breaks out and all of a sudden we're forced to shut down our church and for the next 49 weeks I remember I counted 49 weeks we were without a church home And so as tragic as it was, it wasn't the most tragic thing that happened in 2020. The most tragic thing that happened in 2020 was one of our very own, Eli, got the virus. It had such a bad effect on him. Eli was eventually in a coma fighting for his life. And every week, every single week, I would send out an email and I would ask Lighthouse Church, pray for two things. Number one, I want you to pray for God to miraculously give us a building. Number two, I want you to pray for God to miraculously heal Eli. And Lighthouse Church, we are here in our miracle building, and Eli is leading us in worship. Come on, give God some praise for that. How many of you know that when a church is united in prayer, God can do anything? How many of you know that there's nothing too hard for God? It was like every week, Eva, how is he doing? How is he doing? It started off good, and then it got bad, and then it got bad, and then it got worse, and then it got worse. And then there were days when we didn't know if God was even hearing our prayers. But how many know that God is faithful? How many know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? We sought God, 
and he provided. Somebody give God praise for that. Lighthouse, it doesn't stop there. We were blessed with facility, and immediately we began to partner with kingdom organizations. As a church, do you know we have already helped six other churches get off the ground by sowing into their church plants? Come on, what church does that? What church sows into other churches getting off the ground? The very first time we did it, there was a church starting in Oceanside, and we said, we're going to sow into you guys so that you guys can help get your church off the ground. It's a church that values collaboration, not competition. Because let me tell you something, heaven's going to be a very crowded place with a lot of people that don't look like you, probably didn't vote like you. You may not even want to have lunch with them today. But we got to get out of, out of the way of our own prejudices because this world needs Jesus. There are, clo- there are more churches closing each year than there are churches opening, and we decided to stand in the gap and do something about that. Give yourselves a round of applause because you did that. You did that. We've served our city. We've baptized all kinds of people. But more importantly, we are pushing back the darkness in our city as we gather under the banner of King Jesus Lighthouse. Why do I tell you your history? Because your identity is in your history. We aren't people having service on a Sunday. We are sinners who have been saved by Jesus, who is now the king of the universe. And we are his people. I said we are his people. I hope you get this Lighthouse Church. This building is not about you, your preferences, or your style. It is all about Jesus. It has always been about Jesus. He is the one who is beautiful. He is our champion. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He conquered sin. And the beauty of Jesus is he then gives us that victory. He then gives us that victory. And he says, there's nothing you can do to earn it. You don't have to work to deserve it. That's not good news. That's bad news. That's not the gospel. The good news of the gospel is, is that Jesus went before us, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and then said, I'm giving you the victory. Now walk in that freedom and go invade hell and populate heaven with the good news of the gospel. That's the king we serve. That's the name we gather under. Our identity is found in our home, but beyond that, our identity is shaped in our home. Can you say shaped? The reason we gather every single week and the reason I advocate for you to make church a priority, mom and dad, yes, I know sports, life, school, work, I get all of that, but make church a priority. Make church a priority because it is here where you are shaped and you are formed into the image of God. I want to read to you this quote from Mark Twain. He said, the world is beautiful, but it is dangerous. It's joyful, but it's sad, ungrateful, and giving, full of so, so many things. The world is new, and it is old. It is big, and it is small. The world is fierce, and it is kind. And we, every one of us, are in it. And the reason it is so important to gather with the church is this. When you come and when we gather, we, we, we have the opportunity to behold the beauty of Jesus and, and to hear his word. But I want you to understand what happens the minute you leave these doors. You are walking into a world, a culture, an environment that is hostile to him. And if you are not being intentionally formed in the image of Jesus, you are being deformed into the image of this world. There is no middle church lighthouse. You are either being intentionally formed or you are being unknowingly deformed. 
And so we have got to wake up to the world around us. And this is why we come back and we gather on Sundays. When we gather, we are shaped as we worship our beautiful king. We are shaped as the word comes and penetrates our soul and our spirit. But also, hear me introverts, we're also shaped by one another. We're also shaped by one another. This is why Jesus doesn't want you in isolation, but he wants you in community. Jesus showed us that we were made for community because when God sent his son into this world, Jesus could have done it all by himself. How many know he did not need Peter? He certainly didn't need Judas. Didn't need Judas. He did not need Matthew the zealot. I mean, if you think about all these people that he called, he didn't need James and John fighting over who could be the next, you know, who could be seated next to Jesus and the king. He didn't need any of that. But he chose that. Why? Because he showed us that life is not meant to be lived alone. And the shaping is in worship. The shaping is in the word, but the shaping is also in each other. That's why I said earlier, every good thing starts at growth track. And if you've not been there yet, you got to go to growth track. Why? Because we're going to get you on a process of discovery. Can you say discovery? We're going to get you on this process of discovery so you can begin to understand how you are made, how God has wired you. And then we're going to put you on a team so you can begin to test how you are made. Some of you might be thinking to yourself, Pastor Josh, am I really living out my purpose by making coffee? And to that, I'd say you are when you're making Lighthouse coffee. It's really good. And we source some good beans. I'm kidding. But what my point is, it's a starting point. It's not a destination, but it is the place where you are shaped. It is a place where, where you have to, 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 to work with other people. It is a place of forming. But then, I want you to hear me, Lighthouse Church, then we send you out into this world that is beautiful and dangerous. Then we send you out into this world that is joyful and it is sad. you got to keep coming back for the shaping. Tell your neighbor, keep coming back. you got to keep coming back. Let me get you to the last one here. Here's the last one. We are affirmed in our home. We are affirmed in our home. And, and it's, it's so, so powerful because, again, as we leave and we scatter and we come back into our home, we need to be reminded of who we are. We need to be affirmed of our identity in Christ and our place in the church. Everybody say affirmed one more time. Listen to me, Lighthouse Church. I don't care how you come on a Sunday. Just come. Just get here. Some of you are like, I didn't want to come to church. I was fighting with my wife. You really needed to come to church. <laughs> Altar call right here. You know, it's like could have prayed for you. Could have delivered that nasty attitude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would have come to church. Man, my my son, he just he reeked, Pastor. Bring him. It's California, okay? We will pray for him too. You know, it's. You just got to get here, Lighthouse Church. I'm always perplexed by people. I am always perplexed by people who make a decision not to come because they are hurting. Lighthouse, we are a hospital for the hurting. We are a hospital for the broken. And the minute the hurting start to feel uncomfortable, we got to change. Not them. We got to change. Gone are the days of policing people at the door. Fit check. Let's see how you look. You got to come in here holy. You weren't holy when you came. You were a mess when you came. People are here to find and encounter a loving God. So, Lighthouse, y'all are amazing at this because every time people talk about the church, they always say it's a loving church. So I honor you for this. But I want you to understand people are coming and they need to be affirmed. And we come alongside them in that process because we are all equals in the eyes of God. 
Listen to me, Lighthouse. We are all equals, not just here, but everyone out there. We are equals with those outside of the four walls of this church as well. Paul said this in Galatians, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one. Everybody say one. One in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Lighthouse. Home is where we are affirmed in our unity. And listen to me. You aren't brave to pick a side and viciously fight with your neighbor. The reason you need to be affirmed of your identity is so you can be secure when you go outside of the four walls of this church. Because so many times... You are making your enemy someone who is not your enemy. I'm sorry, but the person that doesn't vote like you is not your enemy. The person that doesn't look like you is not your enemy. The person that does not have your values is not your enemy. Can I just quote Paul? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Why do you keep fighting with the people that God is trying to send you out of here and reach? And we're fighting with them. Pastor Rich Velotis, he says this, it's a curious evangelism strategy for you to fight with the people God is calling you to reach. Some of you are lighting up the comment sections, fighting with strangers over a color. What is wrong with you? We are people of the king. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. He called us out of darkness to shine his marvelous light. This is who we are. And I get it, though. Someone looks at you nasty, and you need to come back to church and get affirmed. I get it. I get it. That's why we do it. That's why we are here. But I'm being very practical at House Church. Hear me when I tell you, you come home to be affirmed. So many times, I would come home. Let me go to my family. I'd come home and tell my dad, this is how my day went, and he'd remind me, but this is who you are, Josh. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And let me tell you, when you come into God's house and when you worship the king and when you hear the word and you gather with other people, you're going to walk out of here affirmed in who God has made you to be. Now, I'm going to come to a close now. But there were three things that God spoke to me in prayer that I want to share with you as we close this service. And I'll go through them very quickly. I was in prayer earlier this week at a very old church in Hell's Kitchen on the southwest side of Manhattan, and then God spoke to me. You know it's God if he's speaking to you in Hell's Kitchen. It's literally called Hell's Kitchen, and you hear a word, it's like, that's God. Okay, so there were three things, though, that I just felt impressed in my spirit that I want to share with you as we close this message off and really point us into where we go from here. Number one, I felt the Holy Spirit say, may we never stop singing. May we never stop singing. Listen to me, Lighthouse. You have a song. I'm not talking about a song that you borrowed from a worship leader or a worship team that just has an amazing song, amazing album with amazing songs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you have a song that you sing out of the journey of your life. Sing your song. There's a song of praise that comes out of you when God is blessing you and when you're on the mountaintop. There's a song of worship that God will pull out of you when you're in the middle of the most difficult season of your life. Sing your song. There's a song that you sing when you're fighting with your spouse. There's a song that you sing when you're fighting with your child. There's a song that you sing when you're trying to overcome something that happened to you that should have never happened to you. Listen to me. What The worst thing you could do is stop singing. The worst thing you can do is stop singing. The prophet Zephaniah writes that the Lord sings over us. Did you know that God sings over us? He sings a song over us. When when he sees us, he sings a song. He's constantly singing over his creation. 
And what we are able to do is turn around and sing a song right back to him. It doesn't have to be pretty, but sing a song of worship to your Savior. Sing a song of praise to your maker. Sing a song for all the things that he has done in your life. Don't ever get quiet. When the night is the darkest and when it is the coldest outside, that is when you should be singing your loudest. That's not the time to back down, and it's not the time to get quiet, and it's not the time to hide, and it's not the time to run away from the church, and it's not the time to deconstruct. It's the time to sing your song. Because worship is the one thing that you can give to God that he can't give to himself. God can do anything, but he does not worship himself. He looks to his creation to do that. Don't ever stop singing. The second thing he told me, don't ever stop praying. May we as a church never stop praying. What happened in 2020 was not meant to be a one-off, but it was meant to be our mission. That we would be a church that never ceases praying. That we would would be a church that never stops crying out to God. Here's the reason why. The enemy does not fear a busy church. The enemy does not fear a friendly church. The enemy does not fear a popular church. The enemy does not fear a trendy church. The enemy does not fear a religious church. The enemy does not fear a justice-oriented church. No lighthouse. There is only one kind of church that the enemy fears, and that is a praying church. There is only one kind of church that's going to push back the darkness in our city, and it is a praying church. And I'm not against those things. I am for those things. May we do it all with excellence unto the glory of God, but we must never stop being a praying church. So all the men, I'll see you back here Thursday morning for 5.30 a.m. prayer because we're bringing it back. Because we're not going to let the ladies take the lead on prayer. Men are going to take the lead on prayer. I was so convicted of this because some people say, why did Why did did you guys stop doing the morning prayers? Because it's wild out here on these streets, y'all. I'm going to tell you, we'd show up in the morning, and we'd open the doors, and they'd be, like, homeless, like, walking in after us. I remember one time I came for prayer, and some guy flung open the doors. I need food. And I'm like, brother, I ain't got no food. We got a busted-up kitchen downstairs. And then Peter showed up, and Peter, Pastor Peter, our youth pastor, he showed up for prayer. He looked at me. Are we praying or are we scrapping? What are we doing, Pastor? I got your back. What are we doing? Because this guy looks like he's about to come at you. I got your back, Pastor. So we shut prayer down for a season. We're like, maybe it's not safe. I'll pray at home. But I felt so convicted. We're bringing it back. We're bringing back prayer. And we're going to open up more opportunities for you to pray. Because my hope is that we would never stop praying. We must be a praying church. No great revival has ever happened without prayer. Lights never caused a revival. Haze never caused a revival. None of that stuff. As a matter of fact, when we moved into this building, if y'all were with us in San Marcos when we launched, remember that, Pijo? We had the lights and the haze. We had so much haze, we set off the smoke detectors. I mean, we, church, this is how you do church. We got this building, we're like, put the haze away. It ain't going to work. You know what I mean? But in a way, I love it. I love it because that was fun for a season. But I'm here for the presence of God, not a show. I'm here to experience an encounter with God. But don't worry, youth youth nights, you guys can have the haze and the lights and all of that. Just don't set off the fire alarm. All right, last thing and then we're done. May we never stop saying. 
And may we never stop saying, what does that mean, Pastor Josh? The writer said this, let the redeemed of the Lord, let the redeemed of the Lord, let the redeemed of the Lord. May we never stop saying what God has done for us. You have got to tell your neighbor about the goodness of God. You've got to tell your coworker about the goodness of God. You've got to tell your lost cousin about the goodness of God. You've got to tell that person, your barista at your favorite coffee shop. You've got to tell them about the goodness of God. You've got to say what God has done for you. You've got to say what God has brought you out of. As a matter of fact, sometimes when I tell the story of Eli, it's like, Pastor John, everybody knows the story. I'm going to be saying this story 20 years from now, Eli, because I'll never stop saying how God miraculously brought you out of your deathbed. And Eli couldn't even hold a note, could barely talk. And now he's shouting, I'm going to praise the Lord. Why? Because God has given us a voice. Let's say so. God has given us a song. Let's sing it. God has given us a prayer. Let's pray that prayer. God wants a praying church, a saying church, a singing church. And I'm here for it, Lighthouse Church. I don't know about you, but I'm here for it. This is a beautiful day, but, but it's a beautiful day when God is lifted up. And when he is exalted, he begins to draw all men. Come on, lift your hands up and cry out to him for just a few moments. Stay standing, stay standing. I'm going to close and get you out of here. If you're here today and you just feel like your identity is foggy, come back home. Come back home. Oh, but pastor, I, I don't feel like I'm home at my home. You just have to get past that. You have to get to a place where you are in complete surrender to him and say, Father, I'm home and I need you to shape me. I need you to form me. I need you, Father, to make me in your image. I'm actually going to give us space right now to just let the Holy Spirit know. Would you lift your hand? If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.